peek behind the curtain of the Softly Training Lab with the Softly Performance Podcast. The pinnacle of human performance is out there, and we intend to find it. Welcome, BJ. Yeah. Oh man, it's so good to be on. <laughs> we it's got good to BJ. have you here. Day two. <laughs> Day two. It's uh, it's it's funny. We got um, BJ and Jess of Yogi Triathlete. And our, our, that's correct. I said that correct, right? Yep. I was I was fortunate enough to be blessed to be on your podcast, um, and which will be coming out soon. But I was like, you know, we need to get you guys on the Softly Performance Podcast. And the reason for that was not just because your guys are focusing on the whole yoga and meditation and, and that stuff, but it was. We've had one vegan athlete on the phone on the on the podcast before, only one, and she was a CrossFitter. So, oh wow, yeah, it, wow, that's that, intense. So yeah. you you know coming onto this, and we do have people who are who who are vegan and who who don't eat eat meat, you know, and the approach to training is completely different in, in terms of nutrition. Um, don't want to dive too much into that, but I do want to kind of explain that you guys come from that background in terms of that foundation to, to boost you guys and do what you guys do. Um, I met Jess actually on a run in the trails here where I live. We were, uh, I was training for, I was actually tapering for the Anna divide hundred K at that time period. And you were just working through your what injury. No, it wasn't an injury. It's a, uh, an opportunity. There we right? go. Not injury. Uh, we don't use injury because injury has such a negative connotation to it. Whenever something physically manifests in the body, it's being released. Yeah. It should be celebrated and loved and respected. And patience is a part of that process. So um, I was having an opportunity, just a sore foot, some plantar fascia stuff. I was training for back-to-back ultra marathons, yeah. a 50 miler and then a 50K. And that day that I met you, um, was, you know, I was in that zone where all the hay was in the barn, the work was done. And it was one of those runs that I could have pushed it in a direction that wouldn't have served me. Yep. Or I could have checked the ego in the glove compartment of the car and get on the trail <laughs> and just have a hike, yep. have a hike, like exercise that freedom of choice. And, and it was when you look back, when I look back on those workouts, that's one that I reflect on as one of the smartest things I did. Yeah. So, and when I met you, you were all looking strong and you're, and like, you, we just connected right away and you were like running away from me. And there was a part of me that was like, run, run. And I'm like, nope. Well, I asked you actually, I was like, Hey, do you just want to run together? Like, it's always fun to run with people on the trails. Like I, it's like chase, it's like playing tag as a kid again, you know? And, and it was great. So you were like, no, Hey, I gotta, I gotta pull it back. I got a race coming up and focusing on those opportunities and want to just not push it too much. And I respected the hell out of that. That was like, Whoa, like not many people will say that. Some people would be like, you know, put their ego and put on their shoulder and let's rock and roll. Totally. Yeah. And, and you didn't do that. And that was one of the first encounters that we had. And then coffee shop that I go to, um, BJ also seems to work there. Like it's his office as well as mine. Um, I'm there quite a lot, <laughs> quite a lot. Yeah. So it was cool to run into you. Then I saw you come in and we just kind of started, you know, connecting. We do have mutual friends through, you know, ultramarine, um, running association that we, that I'm a part of with Lisa Anderson. And that was really cool to be able to connect in that, in, in that way. So if, and if you are an ultra marathon and you are in the Marines, there is a club called America, which is a Marine ultra running club association. Um, thought I'd throw that plug in there for everybody, but that's, that's, that's awesome that we have that kind of, kind of community, especially when we go ahead and look at the community we have in Southern California and in the North County, Carlsbad area. I mean, I'm helping out endurance athletes. You guys run a full on company to help out endurance athletes, not just triathlons, but also ultra marathons. And 
the really cool thing that you guys do bring is a whole different mindset approach to the company. Not, not that many would want to do due to the fact of it does turn a lot of people away. Yeah. It's not right for everyone. What we provide is, is the, the, the mindset, the mindset training, the ability to leave your ego, check your ego at the door, the ability to be still with your thoughts. You know, a lot of people attached to the watch and to music and to anything that will pull them out of the experience they're having when the very experience they're having is the work. Yeah. You know, just today I was, I was on the trainer um, before you came and I'm doing these intervals and what I've started to do recently is just remove the, the watch, the inter- timed interval. So there were four minute threshold efforts. And so instead of them looking at the watch, I turn into whatever, just a blank screen and just absorb it and be in that moment. And then I found myself shifting from that last set. I had six to do. I got to the fifth one and I'm like, I'm going to go back and look at the, the timer, the timer, because I'm ready for that. Like, I want to soak up this last one as much as possible, as much as it hurts, as much as I, I want to get out of it. I want to feel what this is like. You want to actually add that extra stressor in there yes. at the time to put you in that position. Use that opportunity. Yeah. They don't, we were talking, it doesn't come often. Like these opportunities are presented to you. You need to jump on them. And, and so that's how we, we coach our athletes. You know, we give them, we put them in this place where they need to soak that experience up and, and it may not always be pretty. It's most likely going to be ugly. And probably really boring. <laughs> really boring, <laughs> right? To most people, for us, it's not. Like, those are challenges and opportunities that we enjoy doing. And But we've had to create that shift. And this is the reason why we're talking about this now, because we're trying to get individuals make that shift. Well, it's interesting that you say boring, because boring is just... Um the mind crossing its arms in front of it going, this is boring because the mind likes to be excited. And that's why it likes change. That's why it likes all those different thoughts that flood through, you know, when Seinfeld Seinfeld was a show that was on Thursday nights and I was a server at a restaurant on Thursday night, so I never really watched it. Yeah. I mean, I've caught it over the years, but I'm going through like from season one and I'm realizing that George Costanza, like we're really realizing how crazy George Costanza is and how his mind and how he's verbalizing everything. He's like, looks like a, he appears to be this panicked wreck. When in fact, all he's doing is representing really the everyman is what I see. And so meditation is about de-exciting the mind. And when I have an athlete that comes to me and goes, I need something new. I need a new mantra. Like I need new breathing exercises. I I need something like I'm just, and I know 100% they're tasking out the meditation. Like it's just something on their list. It's just a checklist. And they're not present. Yeah. Because when you're present, nothing is boring. When you are fully present, you realize, number one, you're, you're having an experience that is independent of clock time. Clock time is just a part of the whole delusion that we live within. Clocks and time were invented by farmers, yeah, right? But we derive our day from the time on the clock all the time. Oh, I do it all the time. Yeah, all the time. And so what meditation does, one of the, one of the things that it does is that um, we train the mind to be de-excited. And when we do that, it can have a one-pointed focus. And eventually what will happen is that it will rest in the experience. And I can tell you, as an ultramarathoner, to show up to the start line and run 50 miles and have a mind that, and I'm not saying it's 100% because I'm still in a human body, so I've got work to do. But gosh, 80% of the time, it's like 
just rested in the moment. It's like kind of tucked in the back of the experience with me watching it all unfold. And it's so helpful because it allows my awareness, my focus to be one pointed on the task at hand, which is just that next foot strike. That's, I mean, that's mastery. That's, that is right. Like, but it, it takes work and it takes effort to understand that and actually to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, the physical is, can I swear on this? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to swear right now, but I'm probably going to swear at some point. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But the, the physical is like, it's a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. Anyone can get the physical. You know what? I've never really thought about it. It's the mental mastery that very few will go after in this life. And it takes tenacity. It takes incredible drive and that's what athletes have. Yeah. Because realistically, you think about this, right? When we talk about effort and we talk about, you know, the physical task at hand, what's driving me to do that physical task isn't my body, it's my brain of how hard I actually want to do it. So when we go ahead and look back at the foundation of all this, it is the brain that we need to go ahead and actually train probably more often than we do right now. Yeah, it's all, we know that the brain is plastic. Yeah. And so behaviors and thought patterns, all that is, is just it's practice. We've practiced those things. That's why we believe the, the things that we believe. That's why we have these mental preferences. I like this. I don't like this. This is boring. This is not boring. And so we know that we can create whatever we want um, in a faculty of the mind that's so underused is imagination. Yeah. And we know from quantum physics that everything is energy. And if we just align ourselves with the energy of what it is that we want to achieve, we want to be that 100-mile finisher. Well, what does that feel like? Yeah. And you use the faculty of imagination to start creating that identity, well, that manifestation in the physical reality is going to come way sooner, way sooner. And, um, yeah, I mean, the physical is really funny. I was, I'm rereading autobiography of a yogi and, and, uh, which is based on the life of Paramahansa Yogananda and his meditation gardens are right down here in Encinitas. And there's a part where he says he has this realization that all university all university college is just kindergarten. It's just kindergarten compared to what we can do and mold and become through training our minds. Wow. That's it's it's creativity. How creative can you be? Creative is in creativity is presence. Yeah. That's, that's it can only be found in presence. I, we, we recorded yesterday and it was a lot about me and, and I'm super excited that we're sitting here talking about you guys and, and really hearing the, when we talked about like the wisdom that you have in, 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 within, you know, being a yogi and you teach meditation, you, yeah. you teach that, you teach that for a living. You know, I, I see it within you guys. You guys have a very good, strong energy connection. Every time I walk into the house the past two days, it's just like this uplifting of, of energy to me right now. And, it, and it's, it's transferring over right now to me being able to hear you talk and, and really gain insight because, you know, we really are trying to push this whole be present mindset, you know, approach to our listeners and to our athletes and those who do follow softly because our ethos is die living. Right. And, and the thing is, is that athletes are tailor made for this. Yeah. So we're talking about the mar- a, a Marine community, right? Oh, you have a lot of I military. Mean, you, right. But like I was raised by a Marine, mm-hmm. right? He's 84. And let me tell you, he is hardcore Marine to this day. Yeah. Parkinson's, everything still at his roots. He is a Marine. So I was raised like a little Marine. Mm-hmm. And what I found is that athletes are tailor made for this work. Yeah. We are tailor made for this mental mastery. And 
it is what I do for a living. And I work with some of the best athletes um, in the world. I, I work, you know, it's so funny because I've got marathoners and, and hundred milers and Ironmans. And I'll tell you those Ultraman people, the ones that go after the three day, like 500 and something kilometer triathlon, yeah. those guys, they pony up big time. They are so ready. That's so that brings me to this. Cause you guys don't just coach ultra marathon runners. You coach Triathlon, uh, triathletes, you know, and that seems to be your spot, BJ. Am, am I correct? You know, so we're talking about being able to be present for ultra marathon running and running and just you're, all you got to do is run. That's all you got to do. And in and, and real, and real, relatively, like that sounds normal and it's pretty easy to do, right? We talk about it, mm -hmm. but now we talk about Ironmans and we talk about going those, you know, 10 to 12 hours, but no longer just <laughs> running. You're swimming, you're biking, and now you're running all together. With thousands of people. With thousands of people, because in ultra marathons, it's pretty much a lot of just us. It's by ourselves, no one really sees us unless we come to an aid station, you know? I've had to relay that to my family, like, oh, can we come watch you race sometime? And it's like, well, if <laughs> right. you wanna spend 12 hours a, for the day, like chasing me at aid stations and seeing me at the finish line. Um, <laughs> and hiking down to some of them, and, and not yeah. being able to drive and it, everything, right. right? But when we go ahead and look at an athlete now who was put into an arena, is kind of the way I want to look at that, right? Yeah, that's a good that's a good analogy because all the crowd, yeah, all the crowds, all the people, all the support. I mean, the amount of the influx of people to a city during an Ironman is pretty incredible. Plus yeah. volunteers, this whole like arena is there for f to see them come across the finish yeah. line. So think about that pressure. Yeah. Think about the pressure that they have on themselves. Think about the pressure they've told uh, coworkers, they've told their family. Now they're doing it in front of thousands and thousands of people and self-doubt. If you don't have that, if you don't have that locked up, like if you don't have that strong mindset before even approaching that town where the Ironman is held, you're, you will succumb to the environment around you because your environment is stronger than your will for yeah. most people, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That's well, and it goes into this too. Like we do have variables in ultra marathons. We we have multiple variables that are actually also related to triathlons. But the transitions that we do see in in, in triathlons compared to ultra marathons actually matter a little bit more than some of the transitions in ultra marathons. Is it when we're cause now ultra marathons we're just trying to finish. Let's be real here, right? Like the goal is to finish a race, do all those things. And yes, time matters. But in triathlons, your goal is to finish the race, but you're also fighting the clock. Yeah. I, for some reason, I feel like those athletes that are triathletes, triathletes, they focus more on time than some of the athletes in ultra marathons do. Um, and I'm not saying because of level of difficulty or no, task. It's, it's just, the, it's, I think that's just the variables, yeah. the variables of being able to like get out of your wetsuit as soon as possible, getting into your, clipping into your, into your shoes when you're running, getting out of that, getting your shoes on now making those transitions happen. There's so much moving parts now that yeah, it, you want to get in there as soon as fast or as soon as possible and out as soon as possible. But the pressure mm -hmm. that most have in that, I mean, I know I, I've done a couple, I've done a couple of, uh, half half Olympics and, and, and sprints. And I feel like that right there is where it's just like, boom, 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 boom. So quick. So, so quick. quick. Now we go ahead and take that and look at a, you know, an Ironman or right. a half Ironman and having to worry about those two, those things as well, along with whatever happens during the bike, the swim or the run. Right. And then you do throw nutrition into it, the, it, yeah. into the, into the mix. And really the only, the, the, really the two things that set you up for success in a triathlon, and, and I would say in endurance, um, endurance sports, yeah. endurance sports is just your pacing, right? Mm -hmm. That ego, like, is it proper pacing and your nutrition? So you can do all the training you want. You can go, you know, yeah. log 20, 30 hours a week. 
when you get to race day and you don't have your nutrition dialed in and you don't have the awareness and presence to adjust to the, the weather conditions, variables, then all that fitness means nothing. And then you beat yourself up because you DNF after you didn't hit your time. And the realization is in that moment, were you flexible, right? Huh. Were you, were you okay with, with coming off of that pace that you had in your watch and training when it comes to race day, are you okay? Just backing off. Right. Yeah. But the ego is like, Oh my God, all the, back to your point, all these people are watching me. I have to do this time. No, you don't. No, you don't. You put all the work in and what happens on race day is what happens on race day. It's an experience to have. And what you're going to come out with it, if you're present is going to up level your, your next race yeah. and your next year racing and where you want to take this whole experience. So it all comes back to presence again. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great how, you know, cause for me, for myself, I've come, like I said, I've come from the tactical athlete world. I've come from the CrossFit and functional fitness world and the weightlifting world. And now I'm, you know, in the ultra endurance world, I feel like, like we talked about that across the broad spectrums and out of all those things, endurance has taught me what presence is. And it's weird because now I kind of, like I said, I similar, I tie these and, and bridge the gap back to being a tactical athlete. And I remember everything that I was doing as a tactical athlete was due to, for, you know, has a consequence if I do these things. And I talked about that yesterday and the same thing with endurance, right? Like it's showtime, but any, any, any choice you make is going to have a reaction in a positive or a negative way. Right. And you're, and, and to be present, to be able to make those correct choices, to go ahead and give you the success that you do need. I feel like is, is a, is, is a lot more important than it is when we go ahead and look at, you know, going into a, you know, a CrossFit workout or going into a weightlifting meet, you know, is because of the fact that now I'm trying to accomplish this, this task that is multiple hours long compared to something that is seven minutes long or maybe 10 seconds long. Like there's so much more variables that yeah. we see that can cause the problem of not just not being present and leading us into failure, but if we can be present and focus on all these small tasks, it's going to go ahead and lead me to a point of accomplishment. Right. So yeah, I th I'm glad you brought that up because because cr CrossFit, it seems it's it's so quick and so instinctual, and you you make the decision and there's the result right within yeah. relatively short period of time. Then you get to the endurance world and you can be out there for ten to twenty hours. Yeah, you have tons of time to rehash that thought over and over and over again, and, right? And not just like, and, and also physically, like there's so much things that can go wrong within that time period. And granted, can, can five, 10 minutes, maybe 20 minute workout, there's something can go wrong. But most of the time you're gonna see or feel that already going into that because you've done 20 minute sessions so much. Now with endurance, we're not sitting here training for an Ironman doing 12 hour days, right? Like you're not doing that. Right. That's a great point. Cause CrossFit, you'll probably work out as much as you will for the CrossFit competition yeah. and the but weightlifting it, also weightlifting too. But you get to Ironman, you're never, I never go out and do a 12 hour training day. And same thing ever. with, yeah, ever. I mean, an eight, seven, eight, possibly once or twice, but mostly you're doing like two or three hour workouts. Exactly. And that's, and that brings it full circle to the understanding of why we need to be present in terms of what we're doing. And we can connect the dots now to go and be like, can you be that present in CrossFit? Sure. You can. Can you be that present in weightlifting? Sure. You can be, we want to be that present in life. <laughs> well, I think it's really important for people to know that presence is the only time that we are a hundred percent at our capacity, our capacity to be strong, our capacity to be flexible, intelligent, kind, loving, funny, whatever it is that we want to be. The present moment is the only place where we have a hundred percent of 
all of our capacity to hit our potential. So if we are still strong and we're moving fast and we're hitting goal pace, but we're in this neural looping of egoic rehashing, then we're half-assing our performance. Yeah. There's no way because we're in, so the ego likes to rehearse and rehash. Have you ever had a conversation where you're like, okay, this is exactly what I'm going to say. This is exactly how it's going to go down, right? Like, oh my God, I spent like 20 years of my life doing this. And, um, that's all ego. Yeah. And the ego is, um, it's not an enemy. I think a lot of people think that it's, it's not, um, that it's not a friend. Yeah. It can be your ally but you got to be in charge of it. So for most people, the ego is driving the car, changing the radio station, rolling up the windows, rolling down the windows, deciding where you're going to stop, where you're going to have lunch. And I'm saying, "Uh uh-uh, like the ego needs to be in the back seat with the mind and they need to be strapped in and they need to, you know, you, you got the child locks on, you're carrying the keys, you're driving the car and you're deciding what radio station you have on. So it's usually the opposite. So it's really like, it's, it's, um, you know, the, the mind is meant to be the gift and it became the master and we're the servant. So the present moment is the only place that we're at our capacity. The other thing that the present moment does, one of the many is as we deepen our ability to be present and we deepen that skill, because it really is a skill, we are aware of what it is that we're focusing on. Are we focusing on that rehashing neural looping that is not serving us in the moment? And it's only in the present moment that we can recognize that, that we can really see the truth of how we're moving through the world and then shift. Yeah make another choice. Change can only happen in presence. And so um, one of the things that I've really discovered through present moment awareness and through furthering, you know, just this journey and really living it is that so many times the mind is stuck in the problem because the mind likes to solve the problems. It likes to analyze. It likes to compare. It likes to figure things out. Well, your solution is never going to be in the problem. The problem energy and the solution energy are two totally different things. So if you find yourself looping in the problem, which is where the ego wants you to stay, you're never going to get the solution. But through present moment awareness, you can be like, Jesus, fuck, I'm in the problem. Mm -hmm. How do I, what's the solution? The solution's not here. So what does the solution feel like? Okay. Well, that feels like peace. So what does peace feel like? Okay. And then you get yourself calm and then you can get into that solution energy. Because the solution energy is never hectic, it's never rushed, it's never worried, it's never anxious, it's never those things. It's very concrete, and it always delivers, but you're never going to find it in the problem. Got it. Well, it blows my mind, because every time you're speaking right now, Jess, and you too, BJ, you guys are just throwing out so much information that I'm trying to process. Because again, like I said, like, yes, am I going to school for sports psychology and really understanding it? Do I do meditation and breathing work? Yes, but I'm not that deep into the hole. And I like to say, like, I'm a jack of all trades, master of none, right? That's kind of my approach is what's been instilled in me. And to hear you really, you know, see the passion in your guys' guys' eyes right now, because we're sitting here in person talking, which is, I, I super, I enjoy the most right now. I feel like this is a privilege and an opportunity for me to continue growing and leveling up, which is happening. 
one thing that I've learned from this whole change of mindset and the shift that we keep talking about is we've had to be on the opposite side of the shift to really experience it. You have to have the contrast. That's what I'm saying, right? We, we keep seeing, you know, people are talking about mindset, talking about, oh, this is how you stay mentally healthy. We see it all over social media and Instagram. And, 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 and I don't push, I do push it a lot. I do push mindset stuff a lot, but in a different way in terms of like, hey, this changed the way we think and let's go and shift the way our mindset is when we go and look at health and wellness, fitness life and all those things but again it's because of the contrast because i've been on the opposite side of that of lack of sleep not doing anything doing all those crazy things that we see athletes doing today and we're like hey you we're trying to offer the advice and help to that you guys came from that obviously too then i'm guessing for you guys oh my god are you kidding me i couldn't sleep at night i was a total control freak i was a complete bitch i was so judgmental i tried to take my life not once but twice like i did not want to be here anymore and it was like probably starting in my 20s where i was like there has got to be something more to life yeah because i do not want to be here and I remember like I would see people like laughing and having fun and you know what I'm sure I was projecting, I'm sure I was imagining things, but I was like, I want that. Yeah. And the thing is, is that I had that. Like from a very, very young age, I had a very I, I was extremely powerful. Yeah. I, I know that. Like from the age of like three, I can remember feeling extremely powerful. But nobody taught me because they didn't know what to do with that power. That power, now I know, is who I truly am. Yeah. And that's the power that I live from. And it's all steeped in this foundation of calmness. Yeah. And I was really anxious. I used to have panic attacks until I passed out. I was the girl who grew up with a mom breathing into the brown paper bag and calling 911 because she was passed out again from panic. Yeah. And I also watched her say, I don't need medication because this is all in my mind. And she literally healed herself from it. I mean, I just, there was so much contrast in my life outside and inside, feeling so much love, feeling so much power, feeling so much that I had so much to give in this world. And then at the same time being like, I don't want to be here anymore. I hate it. I hate myself. I hate the way I look, you know, I mean, eating disorders, like you name it, right? Like, I mean, just, I was in such a self, um, self-imposed suffering and I am so grateful for all of it because it created this motivation for change and for seeking what I now live. Yeah. And that's, and that's deep, right? And like, I'm super happy you opened up with that because it, it resonates with, with myself, you know, and my listeners and same thing for you, BJ, like what really got you into this, into this mindset of being so present and, and the here now, because we've, I've heard you guys pre-show and some of our talks offline, you know, this was never your guys' lifestyle. No, know? it wasn't at all. And and for me, the real hammer that drove it home was a, a, a pretty severe injury okay. um, to my lower back. And uh, at the same time, leading into a big Ironman race, um, at the same time, my first dog ever at, on its last few wow. weeks of life and trying to push through because I was so attached to this sport. Like if I did not do this race, what is going to happen with all this fitness? What is going to happen if somebody sees my result and it's a DNS, you know, did not start or DNF, even if I make it to the start line and I got real dark, real dark. (laughs) <laughs> and je- but, but one of the great things that happened, this is what's so great about having a, a partner that, you know, lives this life with you, um, truly embraces it all is that she just let me have my experience. Hell yeah. Let me go down my, you know, that's, that's the best you can do. Best thing ever. And what I came out of it with is, is 
service. I think we talked about this yesterday yeah. too. Like I just started coaching people. And it made I fun. couldn't, I couldn't race. My dog died. Um, job was like, oh, I'm not so digging it anymore. And what happened was I just went inside, you know, tried to, tried to find that inner purpose in life, you yeah. know, really dove into meditation and, and found out what was a driver for me. And at the time it was service and, and started to coach. And when I started to give back and, and not so much think about myself, things started to open up a little bit, like the clearing sort of happened. And now it's grown into a full time job job for me. I quit my job of 20 years, this job that I've had um, when we were in Colorado and back in Newport, like on and, on and off in, inside the company. Um, I could have been working at this job forever, forever. I could yeah. just kept doing it, but it wasn't aligning anymore. And to stand up to that experience and say, I no longer want this fat paycheck with this comfort. Um, it just, it opened up a lot of opportunities. So when people are looking for opportunities, they're like, there's no opportunities. There's no opportunities for me. It's because they're hanging on to this stuff. Yeah. This stuff that's just weighing them down and, and you're not giving room for this stuff to, to flow in. So once you finally let go, you know, let go of something and this, you know, I can chat quickly about an experience I just had with an athlete okay. and I'm, I kept putting on this athlete's plan to do this specific ride. I know she doesn't like going outside on the roads. It's scary. It, it is scary. It's, for, it's, I, hate, I hate riding on the roads. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of happening. And I kept putting in there every week for three or four weeks and she wasn't doing it. You know, and I was asking the questions like why, and it was always an excuse why. And then I put it on, I think the fourth time and I woke up in the middle of the night and I'm like, I, I'm, I'm trying to push this on her agenda on her. So I removed it and just put, just go out and ride somewhere new. Just go out for an Perfect. hour or two. The next day she woke up, she texted me. She's like, I'm going to do that ride today. The ride that she was supposed to do the past week. She went out and she had a great experience. That's awesome. So once you detach, like once you open up that room, you finally like let things go. All this stuff just will flood in, yeah. but it takes faith. It does. Right. You yeah. have to understand that you're not going to know for sure what that outcome is. You, 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 again, we talked about that yesterday too, or, or on the podcast is we don't know at all. The outcome is unknown, you know? And we immediately go to the, we immediately go to the lack. Yeah. Like the outcome is going to be bad. Well, why can't the outcome be really, really, really good and positive and, yes. and create change for us in yeah. the right way? Huh. So you need to, you need to, you need to allow that shift, that shift to, to find its, its place. <laughs> I just well, I think it's really important. It's, hold on, real fast. Just so listeners can have a visual, real quick. So I'm, I'm like, recording give me the fucking microphone. <laughs> Literally, is what's going on right now. So I have my <laughs> microphone. And I have Jess's, and we have one other microphone, and we have both of them recording right now. And BJ sitting here trying to finish his conversation, while Jess is like, "Give me the microphone We're, right now." The ego is saying, "I have a more it's, important thing to talk exactly, about." Exactly right. Yeah, mine's more important. No, hey Jess, listen. Um, <laughs> all right, so listen up, everyone. This is super important. No, it is actually really important because it goes along with what you were saying BJ um and inside I was patiently waiting for you to finish <laughs> that when BJ said that I allowed him to suffer um what was underneath that was I made peace with the fact that if he was going to continue to go dark if he was going to continue to fall deep and not pull himself out I made peace with the fact that this marriage was not going to continue I made peace with wow. the fact that, okay, if he keeps going and I, and he's not meditating and I'm meditating my face off because I know that that's exactly what was the antidote for all the 
experience that I was having by let it, by allowing the space for the person I love the most to suffer. That is not an easy thing to do. No. And so I just kept notice what's coming up within me, what's coming up within me, because that was my opportunity to heal all that old crap, whatever it was. And I remember one night being in the kitchen and he was like on the other side with like a bottle of wine and his Oxycontin and he like couldn't even stand up. And I was like making dinner and I just looked at him and it was like this moment where I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay if this marriage doesn't last. Like wow. I'm okay. I release him. I release him from any expectation and I see him as just, he's perfect right now and he does not need to change. And it was shortly thereafter that he started to crawl out of the hole. That's crazy because we have two stories here. We have one from, you know, extends from, you know, deep down from, from, from childhood for you, Jess, and, and seeing those things in that environment and temperament. But then we go ahead and look at BJ and it's completely different than that. It's, it was an injury that, that really put him down because he was so attached to something. Right. And we talked about attachment and detachment and what I love the fact is, as you guys are partners and something that I, you know, I look at other people who have been married for a very long time and I look at that and, and you know, I, I value that and I try and learn as much as from that. And I notice similarities within, you know, couples who have been together for a very long time and, and things that I'm in, in my current relationship and in my partner and you let him be, you let him figure it out on his own because that's the only way we learn through trial and error. Does there come as a time and a point where it's like, you know what, I can't be a part of this no more. You either fix or you don't. You know, and, and my, my aunt did that to her, my uncle also, you know, Hey, you don't fix yourself. Me and the kids are leaving. Right. But that, that there's a difference between that. There's like, hey, I'm giving an ultimatum mm -hmm. or there's a, there's a fact of what you did for BJ and, and, and in the fact of being, you know, what, I'm okay with this. I accept him for who he is. He's doing the best that he can do right now because he is working through some shit. That emotional intelligent fucking funnel, a, a cup that you have is really low and you need to figure it out. Once it hits empty, you're going to find it and figure it out. And what was cool is you were already leading the whole meditation and that, and that approach where he saw it working for you and he was like, fuck it, let me try it. Yeah, so I want some of that. When, when, I, when we work with couples, because we do work with couples and they're always asking like, oh my God, like how do, and it's usually the, the wife, the, the, the female that's like driving the train, right? And the guys are like, well, yeah, I could do that. This is at least in our experience. And they always ask me like, well, how did you do it? And I, I, I see, I saw Jess doing it constantly and I see the vibe that she puts off and I see the vibe of the people around her that are constantly, you know, um, smiling and their lives are then affected by it. And I, I want some of that. Like yeah. I'm driven, I'm worthy of all that stuff. I'm going to start doing that. But she's, she also understands that I'm not going to take the same path that no. she took. I need to discover things my own way. And I think even that night or shortly thereafter, when I had come up, uh, stuff from high school had stirred up about it my first serious injury. Wow. So it was like super, super deep. Oh man, you yeah. cut open, buddy. Oh my God. Oh. It was, it was, it was good though. But it's, it's crazy though. Cause again, like going to school for sports psychology right now, it always reverts because I was like, it was an injury. And now we've dig a little bit deeper and cut it open a little bit. No, it was also stemming from an injury in high school that gave you this, this negative outcome because you, you tried to work through it and stayed so attached to it. So you knew exactly what experience was probably going to come and you were not ready for it again because you had been probably on this pedestal of just moving, moving, moving. And then all of a sudden, boom. I remember that moment like it was like it just happened. 
I was in the kitchen again and I was making dinners, creating dinner for us. And he's on the other side of the breakfast bar and he's just, oh my God, I hate my job. You know, I'm never going to race again. Like it was just... Everything that you could, he was just, I've done it before it plenty of times. Big pity party, which I've definitely like been, I've had my own pity parties, believe me. And he was in the big pity party and was all like, I'm never, and this is awful, and this is awful, and I won't ever, and I never, and won't ever, and I never. Why me? Yeah, why me? Why me? And then there's like this pause and it's quiet. And I'm just like cutting peppers, like just like, oh my God, look at the vibrancy of this pepper. And I'm just going to infuse this dinner with love. And there's this like this pause. And I look up and he's got his head hanging low and he looks up and he's like, I work so hard and just starts crying. And I'm like, oh boy, oh boy, here this it is. is. The time. Here, here it is. is. Here it is. And I'm just like cutting the peppers and I'm trying not to think, like make it seem like it's a big deal. But inside I'm like, oh, this is the best. Here it is. Here it is. Like, here's the energy that's been frozen. And it was all about this high school injury that he had um, playing basketball because BJ was an incredible basketball player. BJ's just an incredible athlete in general. Yeah, BJ's, yeah, believe me, like <laughs> snowboarding, whatever time we've done anything, he just hops on that snowboard and cruises down, uh. eyes closed in the woods, never hits a tree. Um, and I just knew like, oh my God, that I'm watching the healing. I'm watching the healing and I'm so incredibly fired up. He's like the lowest of low. I'm the highest of high, but I'm just like containing the space and I'm there's just watching it. Yeah. There's the contrast. Yeah. And I knew that like, okay, this, I think this is it. I think this is the rock bottom. Like the vault finally opened up and here he is. He's releasing it. It was, it was so cool. That's awesome. And the reason why I dug into those two is because of the fact that we have athletes who do that, especially because it's the tactical athlete world. Also, we have athletes who are, you know, guys are in the military who don't want to let go because of those things. And, and, and again, I, I say that, but we also have LEO firefighters. And then we just go look at endurance and, and, and we can't even, I, you know, what's funny is like, I had this conversation with Savannah the other day. Um, we were talking about how a lot of like normal gym athletes think they're these elite athletes trying to follow different types of diets and nutrition protocols and trying to find the best program possible and all these things and trying to follow everyone else's route and think they're this elite athlete. And when realistically you're, you're only creating your own path, you can use those things to develop your own path, but you're not going to get the same results. So why attach yourself to this facade of, of, you know, I want to follow this person's program and become this person. Well, it's like, unfortunately it, it's not going to happen. You know, you're going to have to learn things on your own, especially, you know? Right. Yeah. So, so that attachment is just creating more suffering. Yeah. You're going to create more suffering. It's a fact. You're going to create more suffering. You, you, you probably won't hit your goal at first or your tiny goal, whatever that is at first. So if you can embrace the experience and we talked about this, the process, yeah. right? Just be process oriented and, and not the outcome. But I, I like, I like that saying where it's, do you, do you want to be the second best version of someone else or the best version of you? That's, I've never heard that before. You have, yeah, it's, it, that's, it really that's stuck really with powerful. me. So think about that. Do you want to be the second best version of whoever it is out there? Michael Jordan, you know, LeBron James, the second best, because they were already the best, or be the best version of you. And yeah. I want to be number one for me of, of, of who I am I'm and what it. I can produce. And yeah, there is a plan, but the plan is flexible. It's fluid. Yeah. I am going to take pieces from our conversations that I've had with yeah. you, George. I'm going to take pieces from, you know, the stuff that I learned from 
basketball in high school and you put your stew together and you make this nice amazing meal dish that's yours yeah right and it doesn't matter what the quantities of you know protein carbs and fat are <laughs> it really doesn't matter it's what you are chewing on and this is it this is this is your sauce man your secret sauce yeah and, and we talked about that we talked about the, the, the athlete pyramid that i explained that i talked a little bit about and we're you're utilizing your your you know your analogy of the, the this bowl of soup mm-hmm. you know of of your of your life and your creativity and one thing that i've really learned especially in the terms of like you know developing programming and art i've I've talked about that on this podcast before but the way i look at it is like you know real realistically gathering multiple people's ideas and creating your own ideas off of it again you hear me creating my own ideas off of it leads to intelligence something that i really do believe you, you know, and, and it's it's a powerful thing, you know, listen to you talk right now and processing all that, listen to hear your story. And it's like, man, I, I've been there before, but I've also been where you're at before, you know, including creating these bridges and then talking about how to approach the mindset and be present. I'm going to take those ideas and create my own also and, and in my own experiences so I can help others and myself because that's all it's doing, right? But like you said, wisdom, you know, we're developing that wisdom and that intelligence and, and that creativity of others because again, no one no one creates something new. They took something from somebody else and created their own from it, and then they put their own spin on it and be boom, right? Like what's what we look at when we look at fad diets, we look at all those things, and, and we look at training programs, we, you know, everything. It's just how it is. But it comes back down to those ideas that you gathered, what did you do to create your own ideas to create your own path that led you to where you are today? And if you don't know, so this is tied into that, if you don't know who you are, deep down, you're still going to be look, looking for that external yeah. stuff. So take all that stuff that you just said, put that all on the table. And if, you, if, if you're if you unsure of what is going on inside, like who you are and what you stand for, that stuff is still not going to be as strong as it could be. It's still going to be pulling. You're still going to attach to some of what, you know, what Michael Jordan does for yeah. his like uh, pre-workout. But when you can start doing that self-discovery and you, you, you sit in quiet meditation, you do that quiet time, the time that nobody or that most people want to stay busy and, and, and cut short. When you do that time, you know, you start to, you're, you're finding your foundation. Yeah. You're finding your foundation. And then everything that we just talked about is the structure that you put yeah. up and then you build this amazing house and you invite all these people to come in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your community. So this leads me to, to, to you, Jess, and, you know, because it's a question that I get a lot. You know, hey, how did you start getting into meditation? We, we, I get that question a lot. And that's in a million-dollar question. I feel like that's a very valuable answer. Um, and so it's kind of one of those things is like, what is the most simplest way that we can go ahead and start shifting ourselves with meditation? You know, because some people can sit here and be like, I, I can't do it. I, I just can't sit there for two minutes to do it. How do you get someone out of that? That is a that is what I – what – I'm really interested in because people will be able to do it for, can't do it for a minute or two minutes. Well, it's, I'm not getting anybody out of anything. I'm not helping anybody. I'm not changing anybody's life. They have got to be willing to do it Mm -hmm. on their own. So you got to sit in the muck. And when we, when I first started meditating and I got still, I was the girl that couldn't sit down. And when I got still, holy shit. I got to see what was brewing under the surface and it was like this crazy volcano. And 
um, a lot of people know in our community because they've heard me talk about it more than once. Sometimes when I first started meditating, all I could do was sit there and scream. I just screamed because it was so overwhelming. It was so frustrating. It was, I didn't know if I was doing it right. I didn't know how to do it. I hated it. It sucked. Peace. I don't give a shit. It was like, I was so angry and it was because that stillness was allowing me to see that all of these, um, disturbed energies were hanging out underneath the surface. And so that's wartime, man. That is wartime. Like I was earning some badges in that first year. It was a living hell for me because for so long I avoided meditation. Mm. I, I, for me, it was like, I was vegetarian for most of my life. So I equate, um, meditating to me finally becoming vegan because the vegans would always be like, Oh, well, all you have to do is get rid of dairy and you know, you'll be vegan. And I'm like, save it. I want nothing to do with, with giving up cheese. Like cheese was, I had it with every meal. I ate it between meals. Like there was, I was not interested in giving up cheese at all. I was not interested in meditating at all. So many people told me throughout the years, like you could probably benefit from meditating. (laughs) And, uh, and I just didn't do it. Anything. I did everything and anything, energy healers, acupuncture, ayahuasca, like anything, anything, anything to get me to not have to sit with myself. And, um, so just my personal story of how I finally got into it was we lived in Boulder, Colorado. I grew up in Cape Cod, so okay. I'm, a, I'm a Northeasterner and, um, yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that edge. And I uh, don't plan on losing it. And that's the thing. Meditation does not, you do not lose your edge with meditation. You don't. If anything, you just become more powerful. And we lived in Boulder for a long time. And um, living in Boulder, I realized like, oh, people don't care if I bag groceries at the grocery store. Like it's all about living the life that you want to live. And whatever you do for your work, either you live your passion, your passion is your profession, or you do something that allows you to do what you love. And like, you just, you just run every day and don't worry about working. That was a whole new concept for me coming from new England. And, um, so we lived there for 10 years and I got into massage. I got, I, I, that's where I really started to learn about presence embodiment. Um, I, you know, that's where I dabbled with ayahuasca and ceremony and all this other stuff that made me feel really good temporarily. And I moved back to Rhode Island in 2010. And the way that I describe it is like driving your car hundred miles an hour into a wall, backing it up, driving it hundred miles an hour into a wall, backing it up. I mean, it was like, holy shit. It was so intense. Now I grew up there, so I knew no, I didn't know any different when I moved away and moved to Boulder and then went back. That's a huge, that's a huge 180, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) different. So different. And then we went back to Rhode Island. It was like, oh my God, I've got a, I, I've done so much work. Um, and, and, and unveiled so much joy in my life living in Boulder. We wanted to really continue that lifestyle. And it was so funny because they always say when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And here's my teacher appears in my life in Newport, Rhode Island, this tiny little town on an island in, you know, what, really the rad. tiniest little state. And so I started meditating. And I remember when I started meditating, I was like, 
yeah, right. This is cool. Like I'll do this meditation thing. I can endure anything. I can count to 60, 60 times. That's not a problem. I'm not going to stop drinking wine. I'm not going to stop swearing and I'm not going to lose my ego because I really like it. And uh, so it's what keeps you dangerous. I like to say that. Oh yeah. So I like had this whole agenda, which I'm sure my teacher knew all about. Like he says, like when I walked in the door, he was like, Oh, here she is. Like he was like, I was waiting for you. And, um, you know, I'm, I was all walled up and everything. Like, yeah. I got this, I got this meditation thing. I'm not giving up a damn thing. I'm just going to be calm and I'm not going to be so stressed anymore. And, uh, so anyway, that whole first year was just hell. Da, da, da. So how do people start? How do people start? How do they start? Just so you know, you guys, I've got street cred in this department because starting was, took a very long time for me. And, it's about habit. It's not about um, creating the habit. It's about breaking the habit of not being present. It's about uh. breaking the habit of, of not meditating. And so I always say, you want to start the simplest thing in the world. And this is what, what really screws people up is the simplicity. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really simple that, and it mind blows people. It's that, like, derails, what? that derails the majority of people. So the simplicity of creating a habit of when you wake up in the morning eyes are closed, sheets are still on, you're super comfy. Take one conscious breath. Make, like, break the habit of just hopping out of bed and already being in your to-do list or your workout or whatever it is. Start your day with presence. Task priority. Yes, one present breath. Now you're walking into your day at 100% of your potential because it only takes an instant to become present. It's not a lifelong journey. There's no, I'm trying to be more present in my life. That is such bullshit. It takes an instant to be present. It's actually really simple and it takes very little effort. Put a hundred percent of your awareness on your breath. This is really simple math. Leaves zero percent awareness for the ego. hundred percent on your breath. You're a hundred percent present. So I would task everybody who is interested in this to start, with just that simplicity hmm. to start with that simplicity. Um, just one breath a day. Yeah. And then build from that if you wanted to, yeah. right? And like, if they want no more, no more about that, they can, they can reach ask out to me you. about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. But usually that's not complicated enough. Exactly. So that's, so one thing I've learned with getting into this whole like meditation, breathing work and just finding like these, these, these routines that, are very self-inducing in terms of, of making me relaxed and being present and all those things. It's actually very simple. And it and what I've learned with athletes is I have to still articulate to them in some complex way so they can go ahead and be like, oh, okay, awesome. And when realistically, I could have just been like, hey, go ahead and go do 10 deep breaths right now. Right. Nice and slow. Right. And they look at me like, what does that do? <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's a, uh, it's a 100% the truest sign that they're, that the intellect, that the mind is in charge of their life because the mind goes, Nope, that's boring. Not doing it. Yeah, right? no, exactly. It goes back to what we just talked about early in the, the beginning yeah. of the show, right? What boring is and the mind is in control. So what I just, what I'm trying to do and what you guys do with, with athletes is, Hey, let's go and trick the mind real quick to go ahead and boom. And then all of a sudden, once you get into that state of you actually are following that new routine or that new pattern, a new habit, all of a sudden the mind's like, oh, this is actually kind of fun. Well, and it's really interesting if you if you look at it, the truth of it. We're actually using the very distorted piece, which is the mind, to heal and train itself. 
It's really wild. Yeah. So there's nothing simple about that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah. Right. Look at it that way. But it's, you know, when there isn't the buy-in to like that, the one conscious breath is going to do anything. I challenge everyone to just do it. Master one breath a day. You master that one breath a day. Don't, don't give in to what the mind tells you. Don't give in to that. That's, that's, that's such a, that's such a win for the mind. Okay. But when you say, okay, I'm going to commit to this. And the thing is like, we can say, okay, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for the next 30 days. One conscious breath. I got this. Da, da, da. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter what the only thing that matters. Yes. The intent matters, right. Set an intention, but, but where the rubber hits the road, man, is when that alarm goes off. Are you going to be present enough to remember that you've committed to one conscious breath gotcha. to walk into your day? And that's where we use the be up. Just be up. Be up. Okay. Be up. Get that thought in your mind to just be up. Put don't that, don't like def- lay around and hit snooze. Like, like put this into your awareness. Be up. Or, or grab your cell phone on the side of the bed right away. Just yeah. real quick. Just be with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jess is like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> But it no, it, you're it interrupting is. your sleep state would get right on the phone and it's, it just th- puts you right into that fight or flight. Yeah. Like you can respond to this email or not. So just be up, be up and then get that breath in. Nice. Yeah. No, I, I appreciate your time today, guys. We're going to go ahead and roll this up, but I'm going to, uh, let's do a part two. Yeah. I'm down. I'm sure. down for a part two. I think the listeners will agree with that too. I mean, there's so much I think that um, I'm not going to put out there. Hey, if you guys got any questions, you know, for Jess or BJ, um, we'll go ahead and plug you guys and have you guys do that right now. But let's do a part two. I think this would be a really good, um, a really good series of, of, you know, talking about, you know, I'm going to name this show probably self-discovery with BJ and Jess of Yogi Triathlete. Awesome. I, th- I think that's probably the, the right name for it. You guys, you guys showed like, Hey, you have to, there is effort in self-discovery for what you guys have done. And especially where you guys are at today, you know, from walking away from a 20 year business and making really good money to, you know, experiencing what you experienced as a child growing up and then to, you know, everything rolling back to being injured and figuring those things out. Like you've, like you said, you got street cred, right. And you've also, and you guys also work with these athletes like no other. And it's something that, you know, I've really been trying to bring to the show and, and, and have you guys. And I think this part two is going to be great. And we're going to go ahead and I'll ask the listeners if you guys got any other questions that we can talk more in depth about, you know, send them to myself or send them to Jess and BJ and we'll go ahead and start collaborating and get another show going. Awesome. Yeah. So we can be found at yogitriathlete.com. Uh, we have a podcast. Yes, you guys do. The, you uh, guys are, you guys podcast. We podcast. Yeah. We launch a show every Monday and that's can be found on iTunes and Spotify. It's called the Yogi Triathlete. Um, Instagram, all the handles were Yogi Trathley, everything. So just hit us up. We'd love to, to get the conversation going and yeah. keep answering any questions. You guys, you, you guys do live videos a lot. I know that for a fact, I, I jump on sometimes and see what you guys are doing. You guys do that. They are local in Southern California. So if listeners are Southern California and you guys, you know, want to link up or talk to, you know, again, reach out, find that. I know you do teach a meditation class in the area, which I do want to go to and attend. I is going to happen. Well, we have, um, so, so the athletes that I work with, I work with them online. So okay. I work with in, in the athletes that are on our team. Um, they're all over the world. So that's, yep. which is so amazing yeah. that we can do that. Um, but we do have um, co-founder of the M21 Revolution, okay. which is every month we have a 21 day mindfulness and meditation challenge. So wow. it's basically most, we started almost two years ago and most people just stay with us every month. Cause what we do is we do three active weeks. It's me and another, um, teacher who's really amazing. She's like 
all about quantum physics, law of attraction, all of that. And then I come from my, my foundation is basically the science of yoga, the science of the mind. And, um, it's $21 a month. It's 70 cents a day. And we do three weeks of an active challenge. And then we have one week off to receive because what people, oh my God, what people miss so much is that this is universal law. I mean, this is, this is one of the universal laws is the giving and the receiving is that we must take time away. Like once a month, BJ and I have a nothingness day where we plan nothing. We can do as much as we want, but the whole thing is not having an agenda for the day. So, um, yeah, so I do work with people one-on-one, but yeah, come to yoga class because, um, both of us teach, you can always be oh, our yeah, guest. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I'm Jessica Mkowski on Instagram along with Yogi Triathlete and BJ, what are you on Insta? Brian Gumkowski on Instagram. Yeah. We're going to make sure to plug those into the show notes, Sweet. but you guys know, seriously, this was a lot of fun. Two days of pure energy from you guys right now. now. I feel like we didn't even scratch this. We didn't even talk about when we sold everything and got no. rid of our dream house and moved into well, our Honda Fit. That's well, and that's the thing. That's the crazy <laughs> thing is because I'm not gonna lie to you. We do, and we do have athletes that you know people who follow us that might not follow the program, but do believe in the motto and you know ask questions like that of like, hey, I want to go to a, a you know chase after this goal of mine, but I'm not sure if my family supports me or if they do, and like, you know, it, I. It's one of those things where I feel, you know, sitting here talking to you guys, you guys walked away from a lot of that stuff. You guys have literally walked away from having yeah. all of that. When we talked about that yesterday, you know, it's like having all of that and all of a sudden now you're like, no, I don't want all that. I want to just be as simple as possible. Yeah, we'll just leave that with a teaser that BJ and I, um, I'm 47, like we're, we're in our late 40s and we got to that place that you're supposed to get to and we I was choking on all of it. Yeah. I, I can't wait to dive into that because that's something that is that that excites me because right now I am working to have those things, you know, but I'm also trying to do it in a very simple manner to where it doesn't overload me. So when I do get there, I can continue moving forward with it or, or make those choices in a, in a positive way like you guys did. And that's, but that, let's leave that as a teaser. Again, guys, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't um, checked out any of the, any of the new stuff that we did drop on the website, we did put a new bunch of, a few new shirts on there. If you guys haven't tracked that um, training programs, they're all going right now. Look, o- head over to train.softly.com. If you uh, are looking for training programs, or if you're just listening to it, awesome, awesome. Listen to the podcast. Awesome. If you need to get a hold of me, please go ahead and reach me at george at softlead.com or on Instagram, coach underscore GB3, or reach us at softlead on uh, Instagram or die living on Instagram. Again, thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you later.